You're listening to an L.A. Kings podcast. For more episodes of this and every other Kings program, visit LAKings.com slash podcast. With Burke over the red line, skates toward the middle, drops it back. Neutral zone time, steps to the right. Tucson player went down, and now Furk, right circle, Furk shoots and scores! Down, but not out. Garrett Chaffron with Josh Schaefer for another episode of the Rain Check Podcast. It was great to catch up with Brett Sutter. We honored him recently after his 1,000th game. He joins us in a few minutes to chat about the season, the ceremony, and of course, all things rain, the game, uh, all-time games leader in games played for the rain breaths that are coming up. But Josh, we are recording this after a rain comeback overtime win at Toyota Arena to take the season series with the Tucson Roadrunners. It is a game that the rain should not have won. No. We were both very honest about that. <laughs> uh, there is really, <laughs> when you watch that game, there wasn't a lot that was going right for the rain. They they did have a good effort in the in the second and third period, but they could not score until Leas Anderson was able to bury two goals in the last two minutes. Martin Furk did the job in overtime, and well, two points is two points, right? Yeah, I mean, I mean, I'm still trying to formulate a response for what we saw earlier tonight, where the rain they were down three nothing. They were trailing 22 seconds into the hockey game tonight on the first shot of the, or what was technically the third shot of the game. <laughs> um, it was one of those rare instances where the primary and secondary assists were recorded uh, not on passes. Both of them were shots that were stopped by Matt Villalta until someone finally scored. Um, and at that point, things started to unravel pretty quickly for the rain. They trailed 3 nothing until, of all people, it was Jacob Doty who scored his first goal of the season uh, with 37 seconds remaining in the first period. First goal of the season for number 37 with 37 seconds to go. And at that point, it seemed like, okay, the rain are in it, and the second period was better, but they didn't have very many shots. The power play was stale. The offense just wasn't having it tonight. And then in the third period, it was kind of more of the same until the final two minutes when Leah's Anderson in his first game of the season for the rain scored two goals in the final two minutes with the extra attacker for both. And then Martin Furk, the team's leading goal scorer and second in the league in goals, scored to, to win it in overtime. It was just a, it was a weird game. Uh, they probably did not deserve to win that game, um, but it's the mark of a good team. And they've done this a few times this year where they score late they score with the goalie pulled. They all season, doesn't matter what period, they score late in periods. It's the mark of a good team that can constantly push back. Seems like they're down, but they're certainly not out, and they come all the way back and win in overtime. It's the 30th win of the season for Ontario. It's a nice round number, but again, to your point, that doesn't happen unless you know how to win games. And we've seen this, it's maybe not been this dramatic uh, or this exaggerated where they literally were not doing anything well until the last two minutes of the game. But there have been plenty of games that we've talked about this season where they haven't had their best. Uh, they were in need of something. And somebody, usually it's Martin Furk and TJ Tynan, but could be others, step up, provide something when the team is down. And then the belief is there. This team from the beginning of the season, they knew they could be this good. And some nights they don't have their best, but they figure out ways because they're so confident. And you know what? It's got to be in the back of the other team's mind, too. When you're in your team like Tucson, you know, hey, we've seen some great performances from the Roadrunners. It's, it's not like they're 
yeah. team that can't hang with the rain. They've been there in almost every game this season, but the, the reality of the situation is they're on the outside looking into the playoffs. They're in eighth place in the Pacific Division. And when Leas Anderson scores that goal to make it 3-2, to two, and all of a sudden, there's still two minutes left on the clock. You get the goalie pulled. There is that in the back of the minds of the Roadrunners of, you know, this is a, a first or a second place team. We're, we're facing a top team. We're facing a team with guys who can be in the NHL on yeah. a lot of other clubs. And again, Leas Anderson, he's been in the NHL all season. He's a number seven overall pick. He probably won't be with the rain for that much longer because he's showing it yeah. playing the NHL. And that kind of creeps into your mind, and, and that's what the rain have used, a little bit of intimidation against their opponents. Yeah, the rain are a team that, cliche warning, never gives up. And we've seen that this year. A couple weeks ago, they were down by a few goals in Stockton, got a power play opportunity, and within minutes, uh, they had tied the game. And that was a game that they ultimately lost in a shootout, but they came back. We saw it in Grand Rapids where they were not playing very well. Grand Rapids, out of nowhere, figured out how to stop the rain power play. They were scoring power play goals even though they were toward the bottom of the league all season. Well, the rain have to pull the goaltender late, and they make things interesting by scoring late with the goalie pulled for nearly five minutes, and they scored a goal. Tonight uh, here in Ontario, they scored twice with the extra skater on the ice, um, and, and it's and it's been like this quite a bit this season. They've scored two late goals against Bakersfield and San Diego at the very start of the new year. Both games they ended up winning in overtime. I mean, it's just they they score late very often, and uh, they really are down but not out. But kind of going back to what you said, it's a mark of a good team. You know, when you score, when you, when you can score late, when you can win like this, the Reign have won a lot of games this year in very different ways. They have won games that are slugfests, you know. They have won games by making big comebacks. And they have also ran teams out of the building this season. They have won in every way possible, and they continue to do that. So it's, it's, a, it's a mark of a good team when you can show you can win in, in a bunch of different ways, which they have all season. Ontario just played Tucson three consecutive times. We were talking about the game on Wednesday night, but they also had two games in Tucson on Saturday and Sunday, and we weren't there in person for those games, but we were we really dialed in on what was going on, and it was a split. Overall, in the three games, the Rain end up winning two of them. They score 14 goals, uh, and they grab four out of six points. They end up with five wins in eight games and an overtime loss against Tucson in the regular season, and it could be a, a potential first-round playoff opponent for Ontario. We'll see how Tucson finishes up the regular season, but there there is the chance that these two teams see each other again in the postseason. Just wanted to touch for me before we get into the Sutter interview on two players that over the last couple games have made an impact that you probably wouldn't uh, expect to have made an impact. Number one is John Lefthaman, who comes in his first AHL appearance of his career, looked great in a bounce back game for Ontario and gets the rain a win. And yeah, Garrett Sparks, it's not like he's going to lose his job. Uh, hopefully he has been skating with the rain. Hopefully he is back soon. He's he's definitely getting closer. He practiced with the team in full this week, which was the farthest he's come on his rehab. But, you know, John Letheman, another guy we've talked about with Jacob Ingham, Lucas Parikh. They've both won games for the rain. And now a third goaltender that could come in in a spot start and pick up a big win. Yeah, and John Letheman is a player that I've followed for a little while. My first year doing ASU hockey full-time 
back when I was in college. One of those early season series was against Michigan State with John Letheman in net, and he was impressive. And then the next year, ASU went up and played in East Lansing again. Um, so I saw him a little bit back when I was in school, and I followed him quite a bit, and he was a name that was thrown around a little bit last year, and we, we obviously didn't see him until this year. Uh, but he comes in, first AHL game, uh, and uh, and he gets his first AHL win in Tucson against a team that the night before had scored a bunch of goals. Michael Carcone had a hat trick, and the Roadrunners are a team that have not scored very many goals. Uh, their goals per game is not incredibly high uh, this season. But against the Rain, they've averaged nearly four and a half goals per game. That just shows how many goals the Rain have scored against Tucson this year. But they've averaged four and a half goals per game, and coming off a, 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 a loss for the Rain, where the the Roadrunners scored a bunch of goals. Let them in, come in and shut the door. Yeah, he was great. And another guy that I've seen previously as well. He yeah. was with Greenville last year. I uh, saw him in the playoffs. And he was a he was a great playoff goalie for Greenville. Uh, unfortunately for him, but fortunately for my team, the Stingrays, we, we did knock him out. Uh, <laughs> so but, did ASU. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but, no, it's been great to see him and, and have him su- have su- some success for him. The other guy I want to mention is Christian Casestool because – he played in that game as well, was a part of the victory, and then was a, a big part of the rain in the game earlier on Wednesday when he had an assist on the Jacob Doty goal. Uh, he was playing some big minutes in the third period with Austin Strand and a guy who is on a call-up. He is on an AHL PTO, signed with Greenville this year, and he's kind of taking a little bit of a job. He, he's playing some minutes for the rain. We'll see You know, down the stretch. You never know what spots might be available Christian Case is still playing some minutes. Yeah, he uh, he was a player that was here in the preseason. He played in one preseason game for the Reign against San Diego uh, and then went back to Greenville. And then when he gets this call up, you're thinking, just like a lot of the other defensemen that the Reign had seen this year, okay, he'll hang out for a couple games. Let's see what we get. He has been here since then, uh, and he continues to play well. And uh, so what I think is funny is he's one of the smaller defensemen on the team. He's not a small guy. He's 5'10", but he's smaller compared to some of the other young defenseman on the team, but the guy checks hard. And he goes around, he throws the body, he's like a bowling ball. Um, and sometimes when you get him going, he can flatten you. Uh, and then, of course, his uh, his lone goal this this year up to this point, they skated him as a right wing, and he scored on his first shot skating as a forward. Uh, and then one of the cool things about him is he's one of three Norwegians playing professionally in North America, um, along with a player from the Stockton Heat. And then... Matt Zuccarello uh, playing in the NHL. So uh, that's kind of a cool story for him, and we've seen him playing against the other Norwegian with Stockton here in, at Toyota Arena this season, and he, he's a fun player to watch. He brings a lot of energy, and he's still sticking around. He's logging some important minutes for the rain this year. Well, of course, logging important minutes, as always, is Brett Sutter. Had a great game on the, the line with Austin Wagner and Jacob Doty on Wednesday, and it's been a really, really cool few weeks to see him play his thousandth game in San Jose, then have the ceremony last week at Toyota Arena. We wanted to catch up with him after that, hear some reflections after going through that. So we'll send it that way. Talk to Brett Sutter again. This was recorded prior to Wednesday's win over Tucson, and we appreciate Brett joining us. Here's our talk with him. We are very excited to be joined this week on the Rain Check by the captain of the Ontario Rain, Brett Sutter. And Brett, you haven't done this specific uh, iteration of this podcast, but you're kind of a, a recurring guest, so appreciate you coming back. Hi, right, thanks for having me, guys. Appreciate being here. 
Um, let's, we're going to get into some some heavier topics uh, in a moment. Not too heavy, but heavier than this. But, you know, I'm going to switch it up this week. Uh, and we're going to start first because you've been here for a while. You've got some good experience with the Southern California beaches. Uh, when you go to the beach, do you sit in a chair or are you sitting on a towel? I'm a chair guy for sure. I got to have the cup holder, you know. Um, honestly, the kids are buzzing around. So when I get to sit down, um, <laughs> it's definitely a chair. Awesome. Uh, well, we uh, once again, we appreciate you coming on. And uh, we've been asking everybody. Uh, most of your teammates are chair guys. If I, You probably figured that. We had a couple towel guys, but mostly chair guys. Yeah, I could see those Swedes being towel guys. Um, you know, they're pretty heavy into the tanning, so they probably need to do the rotation where us North Americans, we get front, front tan heavy and, and the back's pretty white. So, um, well, we, you know, looking at this past couple weeks, you guys have been on the road for a while and, you know, this team was already close. So was it possible to get, to get even closer? Uh, what was it like being, uh, you know, on the road with, with the guys for so long? I think it was great. Um, like you said, we were already a really tight knit group. Um, but then, you know, you get a chance to go on the road, you spend a few extra dinners with guys. We had a couple, uh, of big birthdays. Um, you know, obviously, uh, Jordan Spence and Alex Turcotte turned 21. So we got the chance to, to take them out a little bit and enjoy it. And then, uh, Tynes joined the 30 club. So, um, you know, the more time you spend together, the closer you get. And, uh, we're lucky that we have a great group of guys in there. We've kind of asked this question a little bit before, but but for you, what's the dynamic seem to be when you have a team where it seems like in that same window you're celebrating 21st birthdays and 30th birthdays? <laughs> uh, you know, it makes it fun. You have a di- different dynamic. Some of the some of the guys are looked at like cool big brothers, or or in my case, maybe maybe the cool uncle. But uh, um, you know, it's great. You, you have a whole bunch of different walks of life, uh, guys from different countries coming from all over the place and, and you all are, are pulling towards the same goal. And, uh, um, you know, it's, it's just a special feeling being in a locker room, um, that can be as tight as they are and, and that guys really pull for one another. For you this year, you had a lot more success. Now it's not that you haven't had that earlier in your career, but, um, you know, we, you hear the Kings and they talk about, you know, trying to build it back up with uh, some younger guys. And, and that's been the same for the rain. Uh, it's made a, a little bit of a different philosophy. And what's it been like this year for you seeing this team come together and, and now having so much success? Oh, it's been, it's been a ton of fun. I'd say probably in my, you know, 15 years playing primarily in the American league, this has been the, the best group of young kids that I've ever been around. Um, they work extremely hard. Uh, they're extremely dedicated, uh, high character on, on all on all parts. Um, you know, willing to play a team game, willing to accept different roles for success. And uh, it's amazing what what one year of development can do in the American League. I think last year, from the time we got here, when when it, what did camps start January last year to this year, we're a, we're a totally different group, and it's been exciting to be a part of. There are some of the more experienced players on the team that have logged both NHL and AHL games in the past that have kind of stepped up as, as leaders for a lot of the young players in the organization and on the team. Um, but instead of them learning things from you guys, what do you take away from every day working with these younger players and the prospects in the Kings organization? Uh, you know, I think you just push each other to get better. Um, I think, uh, you know, they, they provide the energy for us, the excitement to be at the rink every day. And, and we provide, 
you know, maybe some of the experiences that they haven't experienced yet and being, uh, you know, maybe a shoulder to talk to sometimes. So I think it's really, it really goes both ways where, where they're helping us just as much as we're helping them. You've been with this team, obviously, uh, from now since, since that trade, uh, they had, had an anniversary of, of it yesterday. Uh, you know, you, you came here 15, 16, um, and look, we, we just went through, uh, you know, a pretty big milestone for you in your career, but, um, you know, we know you love hockey. We know you love playing the game. Why have you made the choice to continue to stay with this organization for this part of your career to, to stay with Ontario instead of maybe looking elsewhere? Uh, I think just the people. I think, you know, right from Rob Blake right on down, um, you know, they want good people in this organization. Um, so I think no matter when it comes to management, coaching staffs, uh, people in the building, training staff, everyone involved is a good is a good person and, and they really are pulling towards one goal so uh, I think you just have a loyalty there and then uh, as, as a player as well you you want to dig in with some of the young guys that are that are here and and see them fulfill their dreams and and then that makes you feel good about uh, what you're doing too so I think it's just a chance to be a part of something bigger than yourself and and they've given me the opportunity and obviously very proud to be part of it Last year was kind of a weird season for, for a bunch of reasons. And something that Jared and I have talked about a couple of times on the show is last year from a positive standpoint was a season where you got to have a lot of different guys in the lineup and maybe a normal season, you wouldn't have seen that. Um, and after some struggles and, and then getting some wins and then turning into this season, were there any turning points with the team and with the lineup and the roster and the development of some of these young guys between last year and this year? Um, I think last year was just a crazy year for everyone. It's hard to put a finger on maybe what went wrong early. Um, we were a young team. Um, you know, you're playing out of a practice rank. It's not quite the same feeling of going into, you know, a busy building and, and playing in front of a good crowd. Um, I think this year we just came in with a purpose. I think, uh, you know, talking to the staff, talking to, you know, teammates, talking to everyone, there was a certain goal that we had in mind and uh, what we were capable of. And guys have made a pretty conscious effort on a daily basis to make sure that we're doing the right things to achieve that. When you look at this group and this team, and, and you just mentioned, you know, how successful this has been this year as opposed to last year, um, you have had a, a bit of a different season. The coaching staff um, had a midseason change. And, um, you know, you as a leader obviously have a, a big role in, in the messaging that comes from the staff to the players what's it been like for you um in that room as a leader working with the coaching staff no matter who's been there to try to keep that message flowing and, and make sure that everybody's on the same page i think just communication i think uh you know the guys the coaches in there now have done a really good job communicating uh what the message is that we need to relay um you know we don't have just one leader in that room it uh it takes a whole group and and i think the whole group has done a fantastic job so uh, there's a lot of support there, and uh, like I said, just just the openness, the communication, knowing what to expect, knowing what, knowing what they want us to do, and and you know the openness to uh, maybe let, hear our voices too. So um, I think it's worked well both ways. Is there anything about your role with this organization off the ice that people don't really know about what your role is like in the facility with, with players that are younger than you that have been around the same, uh, the same time as you um, considering you're one of those, those longer tenured players um, for both the Kings and the rain. 
you know what? I really think you just try to be yourself. Like I said, there's a, a really good group of older guys. Um, so hopefully on any given day, the, the kids in there feel comfortable enough to approach any one of us or ask questions or come over for dinner or do any of those things to to help them off the ice or maybe help them in the rink as well. So um, I don't think there's any secrets to it. Just be yourself. Um, I think leadership is a pretty natural thing, and, and we were, we're lucky we got a whole good group of them. Mentioned it before, but, you know, definitely want to touch on, you know, both the game in San Jose and last week's ceremony. Um, and, you know, looking back and, and reflecting on that, I know we've talked to you a few different times about it, but now that, that you're a little bit past it, um, when you look back at especially the game in, in San Jose, the, the thousandth game, um, what sticks out to you as some of the most memorable parts of, of that day and, and spending it with your teammates there? Um, yeah, it's funny. Like the, the thousandth game in San Jose, you know, it's a pretty quiet building. And uh, I had a lot more nerves going into that game than I did coming in at home with all the family and friends. Um, I'm not sure why, but um you know that 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 game had definitely brought a a lot of emotions thinking about you know people from the past and and what had got you there and the memories and friendships and everything else but uh yeah those guys made it a pretty special pretty special night right from the beginning and just surprises all day with you know different stuff from the equipment staff to you know joking around with me and warm up and, and right through the entire game so um not really one thing in particular just just the whole day in part i was just overwhelmed um you know everything they did that that's for the thousandth game in San Jose. A couple weeks later, um, there's the opportunity to have the big ceremony pregame at home uh, at the end of February. Were your emotions, were your feelings different from the thousandth game than they were uh, a couple weeks later um, when you finally came back home? Uh, it just felt really nice to come home. Um, you know, to do it in front of fans that have you know had your back for so long. Um, you know, people that you've 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 you know, grew relationships with the last, you know, five, six, seven years. Um, and then to have my family there, um, you know, having that moment on the ice with them is pretty special. I think it's pretty rare in, in a career to to have your family come on the ice with you and to be such a big part of a, of a celebration, a ceremony, I, I don't think happens very often. And, and for me, that meant the world to me. Um, I think that's part of the reason you want to play so long for me is to have the, the kids remember, you know, have special moments that they can, they can have with them forever. And hopefully uh, that was a great night for them. It was. Uh, they just seeing them before the ceremony. They were so excited to get out there. Uh, you know, watching from that vantage point, even the even the starting lineup from from that different spot, you could see they were taking it in and, and appreciating it, which was really cool. I'm sure for you to kind of have that moment and then see them have them see a little bit behind the curtain. Yeah, it was pretty good. My wife said they were getting kind of the, the nervous excitement uh, coming out onto the ice. She said she had to keep them to calm down, which is pretty funny because they're both pretty quiet kids usually, but. Uh, yeah, it was really special. Um, you know, I had to take the, the mini silver sticks away from them when we got home or else my landlord, Mr. Drew Doughty, might not have been giving me my damage deposit back. But, uh, um, yeah, it was a it was a super special day and, and something I'll remember forever. You're standing out there on the ice and, and they welcome your family out on the carpet and they start walking towards you. What's going through your head when you see your young kids start walking out toward the middle of the ice to meet you? Uh, you actually, you hold back, uh, some emotion, um, for sure. Um, you're just extremely thankful. Um, I don't think people realize how much time you spend apart from them during the season and during training and, and everything else. And it it takes a lot for them to, uh, 
to really embrace the hockey lifestyle and, and my wife and my children do it with flying colors as always. So, um, I, like I said, just extremely thankful they could be a part of it and, and that the organization did, did such a great job of, uh, of making them part of it. Well, what does the off season look like for you? Uh, I know hockey's a, a year round thing. Um, how much, how much are you involved with? I know, I know you guys have camps going on. Uh, what, what's the off season like for you? Normal, normal year after the year's over. Uh, go back to Alberta. Um, usually take, you know, just a couple weeks off and then you start kind of getting antsy to get back at it. Um, we're lucky that we have a really good group of pro guys there. Um, a lot of, Cal- a lot of LA, LA guys are, are based out of Calgary. Um, you know, Austin Strand, Jad, um, Wags. We have, we had so many guys you see Clagger before he left. Um, so we see each other all, all summer long, get to train together and skate together and, and it makes it enjoyable. But, uh, you know, you also have to find time to, to get away from the game, spend some time with family. Uh, we're big outdoorsy people, so a lot of camping and hiking and, and that sort of thing. So, uh, yeah, you just try to balance work and play and, and get it in while you, sh- while you can in the short, whatever, two and a half months. It gives you an opportunity to kind of get together with a bunch of different family members at the same time too. Is that right? Yeah. Um, I mean, my mom's family is, is basically all based out of Viking um, back home, so I get to see them kind of all in one place. Um, my dad's family, obviously, they're spread out all over for – for numerous reasons, mostly hockey, but uh, it, it is harder to, to see everyone at once. Um, but usually a couple times a summer, you get the whole crew together and, and try to enjoy it. Well, this year has been a great season for this team, uh, but there's still a, hopefully a long way to go. Uh, this month, I was just saying to you before we, we started recording, there are no overnight trips. You guys can really sink into a, a home schedule. And, you know, I've talked to a couple guys before about, at least for me, I think, and this is strictly on the ice, the first couple of weeks we had a lot of home games, but it seemed like guys were just kind of getting their feet wet. There was a lot of changing in the lineup, and now even though we haven't had as many games lately, when we've been at home, teams have been taking care of business. It, it seems like they've gotten more comfortable to their surroundings and, and that ice at Toyota Arena. Yeah, I think that goes back to last year where we didn't get to play home games in Ontario. So I think it, there was a learning curve for everybody as a group uh, to start the season. But, you know, now that we have we're into our routines there, uh, guys are seeing what our fans are like, what uh, the support's like, you know, just just little things about playing, you know, in your own locker room, on your own ice. Um, we definitely look at that as a place we want to make hard to play every night. And I think it's starting to fall into place for us. Was there any transition for you when, you know, you take a, a year off from playing in that building um, and you play out of El Segundo? When you step back in, did it all kind of come back seamlessly? Uh, it did. It did. Uh, it's funny. You never never really used to have nerves going to play games there after so long. But that first uh, game back there, it was – I could feel it. I Just like the, the energy inside was was amazing and it, and it felt good to see a lot of the familiar faces again and – and, uh, yeah, we're, we're over the moon to be back there. You guys have the best home points percentage right now in the AHL. Um, and, I mean, it could just be just the way you guys play every night. But, you know, anything that you guys have really seen that's worked well for you at home? Um, no, I, I think we have a really deep team. I think, uh, you know, the coaches have the ability to maybe match up a little better at home and, and you know, that, that definitely plays a big part in it. But I also think just the identity that we want to play with at home, playing hard, playing fast. Um, we know over 60 minutes we can outskate teams if we play the right way. So don't try to do too much too early, and, and we think we have a good identity at home.
I feel kind of obligated to ask this question. And to be honest, it might be a kind of cliche question for the team captain. But when you guys are playing this well and, you know, you're in second place in the division and you guys have been kind of back and forth with Stockton all year, do you guys pay attention to what anybody else is doing in the league in terms of their results that day after day? Uh, Stockton, absolutely. Um, I think when sometimes when you're off to a good start, you need, uh, you know, different kind of motivation to, to keep you, you know, at the top of your excitement on a daily basis. Um, for us is, you know, we do segments as a team and wanting to win those segments, but we also uh, very much want to go after winning the division. So, um, you know, that's something that we'll, we'll keep an eye on down the stretch. First things first is taking care of our business, but we'll definitely be paying attention to them as well. Final thing for me, uh, you know, when you look back at, at you know, the, the last couple of weeks and, you know, are you excited that, that the thousandth everything is kind of moving past, you can kind of settle down and, and now get into a little bit of a grind here? Absolutely. Yeah, it was a great time and uh, I don't think I'd want it any different. Maybe not getting COVID there, but uh, <laughs> you know what? I just sometimes you're, you're worried that you're the distraction for a while. Um, luckily for me, both nights we came out with a big win and, and didn't work out that way. But you just want to settle back into a regular routine and, and worry about, you know, what's coming next, which is hopefully a long playoff push for us. What well, you know, you get you get all that behind you. You get. I mean, there's been a lot that's gone on in this last season, and obviously, you guys are playing really well. What are you looking forward to down the home stretch these next uh, this next month or so? Uh, well, I think uh, Shaft talked about it. Just this next home stretch is going to be really nice to play. Um, you know, we got some guys that are out of the lineup, getting them healthy and getting them going, and then just seeing how things shape up down the stretch. Um, you know, it'll be a lot of guys first time playing playoffs in the American League, and just the excitement that comes with that, and uh, you know, I just think we're, you know, we're chomping at the bit to get kind of through the, the dog days, so to speak, and get down to business. Well, Brett, we appreciate you giving us a few minutes. Uh, congratulations again on a great career. And uh, it was awesome for us to, to be a part of that last week at home. And we wish you the best of luck here on the upcoming month. It's, it's going to be fun to see a lot of hockey in Ontario. Thanks a lot for having me, guys. I appreciate it. What a guy. Brett Sutter, thanks again for joining us. He was great. And uh, we're excited to, to see how far he can lead this team down the stretch. The rain have hit the 30-win mark. And they are right in the middle now of a, of a lengthy home stretch. we got a lot of games here at Toyota Arena. Looking forward to seeing what this team has down the stretch. Uh, they are getting closer to clinching a spot in the Calder Cup playoffs. The magic number dwindling. You can check that out. Uh, the AHL Communications Twitter has an update on the playoff primer each day. So if you're into the numbers, you want to know where the reins stand, you want to know how close they are to either clinching a playoff spot and then clinching home ice, that will be updated every day. So we don't have to work on that math, which is excellent for the two of us who, who don't want to do math. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but this weekend, the rain will host the Henderson Silver Knights for a pair of games and then some more games at Bakersfield coming into town. You've got uh, a couple games with the Barracuda, you got games with Abbotsford. It's a slog through the Pacific uh, over the next couple weeks. And some big games for some of those other teams for the Rain. They're just trying to catch Stockton right now. Yeah, the Rain have been trying to play keep up with Stockton all year. There have been a few instances where they jump ahead on point percentage. Um, and uh, most of the time, it seems like the Rain have either been tied or been ahead in total points. But Stockton had had a few games in hand. So on point percentage, which is where it matters right now in the AHL, Stockton has been ahead. 
So obviously the rain wanting to keep pace with Stockton, but they're going to be playing some tough competition these next couple of weeks. And of course, in the month of March, it's a ton of games coming off a month in February where sure the rain only played one home game, but it was almost series in February where you had a couple days off and then a weekend series and then a few days off and then a weekend series with a few midweek games mixed in here and there. But really it seemed like maybe only once or twice all of February, you were playing more than two games a week. Um, and now it comes down to March where the rain opened the month with five games in eight days. They have nine home games in the month and a couple of big trips there up to San Jose for the final time this year and then down to San Diego for, for two weekend games. But coming up on the schedule, I mean, we see San Diego all the time in the Pacific Division. They're Ontario's biggest rival. But beyond that, coming up, you have Bakersfield, who's trying to push toward the top few teams in the division. They've been hot lately. Uh, the Silver Knights, who the rain have ultimately had uh, success against all season long, but there have been stretches where Henderson was the hottest team in the division. And then coming up in April toward the end of the year, you're going to get Colorado, who's had a, a stint where they had won 10 straight games or, or something close to that. So the Pacific Division's tough, and, and you're wrapping up against the teams toward the bottom of the division. Wednesday was the final game against the Roadrunners. You've got your final game against the Barracuda coming up. And after that, it's everyone who's either in a playoff position right now we're fighting to hold on to a, to a good playoff spot. So it's going to get tough down the stretch. Rangers looking to keep pace with Stockton. One note, too, with Stockton is that the last couple games is wild. It's basically a home-and-home home yeah. with Stockton. So you don't see that with teams that are separated by a little bit further of distance. That's coming up uh, in April, so that'll be fun to, to kind of see how that goes late in the season. The Reign have played 46 of 68 games 22 to go and it's gonna be fun down the stretch here josh uh you know any final thoughts before we we wrap this up and head into a big weekend of hockey we're going to have a lot of games like i said there's nine home games uh, in the month of march uh tickets are still available we've got theme nights coming up at toyota arena uh we'll, we'll see some specialty jerseys sprinkled in throughout the month and on top of that uh looks like we're going to be doing most if not all of the road games this month as well so tickets are available to come see the team at toyota arena and if you can't make it out we're going to have almost every game this month on ahl tv and the rain broadcast network uh, so you can keep following along there to to keep up with the team that scores as of right now scores more goals than anybody else in the league a couple of final notes here too i mentioned garrett sparks he's getting closer to returning the only other player that's out with an injury Right now is Alex Turcotte. And first of all, before we even discuss him, it's awesome when you're in March and you only have two injuries. A lot of other teams are going to be banged up. You know injuries can happen at any time. They can pile up on teams. Right now, at least as we're recording this, it looks pretty good for the rain. Turcotte is skating with the team. Uh, he's been in a non-contact jersey, which is good to see him back on the ice. And we hope that he can return uh, potentially in the next couple of days, but not just ready yet. But again, both Turcotte and Sparks practicing in full. So it's, you know, when you come to the rink for practice right now, there's nobody that's in the training room. Everybody is on the ice, at least getting close to returning or, or is healthy. Uh, and a couple other guys who, who haven't been able to get in the lineup over the last couple of days, a guy like Braden Burke provides depth. He is healthy. Um, so really good to see the rain uh, getting healthy at this time of the season. We hope it stays that way uh, as things continue we want to thank everybody for tuning in once again the rain check podcast we'll have another episode to you shortly ontario rain plenty of games coming up in march so we'll see you soon